We continue with the order of service as it is printed in the bulletin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, look with favor upon we, your children. Forgive us all our sins and comfort us with the promise of resurrection to life everlasting through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Do you confess to Almighty God that you are a poor, miserable sinner? Do you confess to our merciful Father that you have sinned against him in thought, word, and deed? Yes. Do you confess that you justly deserve his temporal and eternal punishment? Yes. Do you believe that our Lord Jesus Christ died for you and shed his blood for you on the cross for the forgiveness of all your sins? Yes. Do you pray for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of his beloved Son, to be gracious and merciful to you. Yes. Upon this your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We speak the introit, we'll speak the introit together. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness deliver me, for you are my rock and my fortress. And for your name's sake you lead me and guide me. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. 
They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. You may be seated to sing hymn 680. Almighty and everlasting God, you knit together your faithful people of all times and places into one holy communion, the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant us so to follow your blessed saints and all virtuous and godly living, that together with them we may come to the unspeakable joys you have prepared for those who love you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading for today all Saints' Day is taken from Revelation, the seventh chapter, beginning at the second verse, and it writes, Then I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God, and he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm earth and sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of the sealed, 
144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. 12,000 from the tribe of Judah were sealed. 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben. 12,000 from the tribe of Gad. 12,000 from the tribe of Asher. 12,000 from the tribe of Nephtali. 12,000 from the tribe of Manasseh. 12,000 from the tribe of Simeon. 12,000 from the tribe of Levi. 12,000 from the tribe of Issachar. 12,000 from the tribe of Zebulun. 12,000 from the tribe of Joseph. 12,000 from the tribe of Benjamin were sealed. After this I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out to the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple, And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. We speak the gradual together. These are the ones coming out to the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. The epistle lesson is taken from 1 John, the third chapter, which writes... See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is, And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the gospel. We read and we speak the Alleluia verse together. Alleluia. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us look to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. We confess together the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. On the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated as we sing the first four verses of 677.
The text for the sermon this day is taken from Revelation 7, which you heard earlier. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. One week from now will be a day of a lot of stress for much of this country. Because it will be election day. Many people, if they haven't done so already, will gather into the election booths trying to figure out who to vote for. And if you're thinking that it's an easy decision this year, you're not thinking very much. There's reason that both of our leading candidates should give us cause for concern. And most of us feel uneasy about whether or not we should vote for a third party, or maybe we should write in a candidate. And so is that day, out of curiosity, by the way, has anybody voted yet already? Okay. If you have, so for those who, so it looks like most of you are still waiting to vote. When we get to that day, when we get to that point, when we go to the booth, the question could be asked, might be asked, what does the Bible tell us to do when we vote? The answer is, the Bible does not say a thing about voting. Why? Because it was not even a concept in the times of the New Testament or the Old Testament. The idea that you could actually take a part in choosing who your governing authorities were was unheard of. I mean, there's some level of democracy in Greece and Rome, but it was extremely limited. It was basically the, air, the only people that were really able to vote were the wealthiest of the wealthy. It was only a really small percentage of the population. But the idea that the entire country has the right to vote was unheard of. That was unheard of even in the time of Luther. So you can't even go look to, our, to Martin Luther to see what to do when you vote. Because it wasn't an issue. They couldn't, there was no point talking about something that didn't exist. So what does the, how does the Bible help us when it comes to voting? See, the right to vote is a vocation. It is a calling. When you were born into this country and then when you turned 18 years old, you received the vocation, the calling, the duty to vote. And, it, and as it is with all of our vocations, the number one rule is, actually two rules, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Number two, anybody know what number two is? Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the principle when you vote. When you go into the voting booth, carrying out your vocation, which, by the way, if you choose not to vote, there are two reasons that happens. One, laziness. Two, is by not voting, you are actually voting against voting. To not vote is actually a statement against democracy as a whole. Which, if you think democracy isn't the way to go, so be it. You can actually make a case for that. Winston Churchill even had a quote that he said that democracy is the, it is the best gov form of government that we have found so far. Basically, or something like that. Basically, he recognized that it's, we have it because there's no, no other option that works at this point. It's still deeply flawed. But so if you decided that not to vote because you're opposed to the democratic process, so be it. But why, the, your decision 
must be made because this is best for my neighbor. When you go to the booth, whether you vote for the, the Democrat or the Republican or a third party, it must be done for what is best for your neighbor. And if you actually, if you're one that says, I don't like any of these candidates, do you know what's the way to show that you support democracy but you don't support our candidates? Write in a candidate. And the very best way is to write in a fictional person. I say Bruce Wayne, you know, Batman is always a good option. Because he, Batman would take care of ISIS, no problem, I'm telling you. But anyways, <laughs> but that is a way of showing that you still believe in the democratic process, but you don't believe in the candidates. And the thing is, we also have to ask that question. What was the question that the, the lawyer asked Jesus when he says that you're to love your neighbor as yourself? He asked, who is my neighbor? Let you know your neighbor is not just the person next door to you. Your neighbor is actually everybody. Every person, man or woman, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, Native American, whatever other racial groups there are, tall, short, fat, skinny, poor, rich, middle class, young, old, in between. When we vote, and it's not, we don't only think about what's best for the United States of America. Because I don't know if you realize this, but we are the most powerful nation in the world. And as Jesus says, to him who is given much, much is expected. Or Spider-Man's version was, with great power comes great responsibility. Pretty much saying the same thing. We as a nation have great power, great influence. That means what we, our nation says and does, does have an effect on other countries. And so our concern is not only for the United States of America, but for the other nations. When you consider all that and consider what we have as a choice next week, if you think it's an easy vote, you're fooling yourself. Because all the candidates that we have have questions. We have one candidate that is very strongly pro-choice even in favor of abortion, in the even late-term abortions. Making claims about when the mother is in danger, which multiple doctors have come out and said that in such a case, an abortion is not necessary. But she still stands on that language, even though many doctors have told her that there's no such cases. On the other hand, we have a candidate that if he had said, based upon the way he has talked about women, if they were, how many of us, if they had talked about, that, about an, a customer at a place of employment, would fire that person? Because it would be unacceptable. And the question is, what will happen if he says something like that? of a foreign leader's wife. See, not easy. Which is why All Saints Day is such an important day to have. Because the reality is, is even though we are citizens in the United States of America, our greater citizenship is in heaven. Our greater citizenship is to the kingdom of God. Our greater king is the king who hung on the cross. 
And what a blessed truth that is. That means that no matter what happens on Tuesday, no matter if the person that gets elected is, no matter which candidate it is, no matter if that candidate gets elected and turns out to be so corrupt that they destroy the entire United States Constitution, wipe it away as if it never happened, and this nation were to fall to pieces, even if on Tuesday we got struck by a fireball from the sky, which apparently a lot of people are hoping for that, the way our election is. But even if that were to happen, that's okay. Our citizenship is in God's kingdom. Even if our government would decide to start killing Christians one by one because we are Christian, we are still in God's kingdom. You know, yesterday was, yesterday was Reformation Day. This afternoon we had Bless Concert's funeral. If you were there, the first hymn was A Mighty Fortress. Remember that one line, though they take fame's good child and wife, though these all be gone, our victory has been won. Remember that line? No matter what happens, he is our king. And that is the comfort beyond all comforts. See, in that reading in Revelation 7, see, this morning for the funeral, I preached on the latter half of that text. The first half is the one that we don't usually hear as often. But it talks about 144,000. Now, Jehovah's Witnesses like to say that there's only 144,000 in heaven, and that is it. And there's some that go really extreme and they say all the 144,000 were born before 1918, which means we're all out of luck. But that is not a literal number and it ignores the rest of the passage. What he is describing is that there will be a, complete, there will be a group of people from Israel. The there are children of Israel that we will see in heaven. Now that was not that hard to doubt. The original apostles were all Jewish, descendants of the tribes of Israel. And so also, Jesus himself was of the tribe of Israel. Paul was of the tribe of Benjamin. But then... It says, after this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number. From every nation. Nation in that time was a way of speaking of race. So in the Bible when you read nation, it doesn't actually mean the way we think of nation. We think of nation like, oh, the United States is a nation. Canada is a nation. Actually it would be more like Latino white, Hispanic, that's what nation means in the scriptures. From all tribes, now that refers to nations. We are the tribe of the United States of America. There's the tribe of Canada, the tribe of Mexico, the tribe of Japan, the tribe of China, of Russia, Italy, whatever. And peoples and languages you know, there's this mistake that we have that at the day of Pentecost, so the day of Pentecost was the day that the, that the Tower of Babel began to be corrected. But the thing is, we had this idea that the correcting of Babel was that we would all start speaking the same language again. But what does it say? All languages are there. So... If you're hoping for an English-only eternity, you're out of luck. If you're hoping for a Hebrew-only eternity, you're out of luck. 
all languages will be there. The correcting of Babel is not the erasing of language. Rather, is that they may be speaking in Spanish or Mandarin Chinese, which, by the way, is the most common language on the planet because it's of the biggest country on the planet. Whatever language it may be, we will hear it and we'll understand. They'll hear us speaking English and they'll know what we're saying. That's how Babel's going to be corrected. See, notice this. There are different tribes of different nations, of different groups of people, of different languages. God does not erase the distinctive features that make us a multitude of nations. Rather, it's still there. And we are all one. A one people under one king. Standing before the robe, the throne, wearing white robes. As you may have heard me say before, that's the reason of this robe. To remind you, it's a foreshadowing of what is to come. Of us wearing this white robe in eternity. Of being cleansed in the blood of the Lamb, which first happened in the waters of baptism. In baptism, we became members of that kingdom. When we partake of the Lord's Supper in a little bit, we partake in a foretaste of that kingdom. Our God, over and over, gives us opportunities to give the strength in us, to keep us hopeful of the kingdom that is to come. So as we look at our government, and it looks like a and this election is looking disastrous. And there's a good possibility the next one might be in the same or maybe worse. Because I don't know if you've ever noticed it seems to be getting worse and worse every year. Might not happen that way. God might be gracious to us and give us a break. But either way, no matter how bad it is, that's the kingdom we are in. The kingdom that was bought by the blood of Jesus. That's why we come to this place. We attend the divine service. We attend worship when we can. One month from now, well, yeah, exactly, a month, a month from now will be Advent. And we'll be gathering for worship on Wednesdays. Do you know why we do those midweek services in Advent and Lent? It's actually an act of fasting. It forces us to take our daily lives, our regular weeks, our regular routines, and interrupt them. To remind us that God has our time. And so we interrupt the busyness of our lives to spend time in his word. To spend time in worship. Those Wednesdays are an opportunity to do that. Tonight's actually an opportunity to do that. Because we need it in this world. So the question is, the final question to this. Does that mean that we don't need to be worried about our election? Some might say, well God is in control and so people will use this as an excuse for apathy. And decide, I don't need to vote. God's going to just take care of it. It's kind of like the, per have you ever heard the story of the, the man in the flood? Like there's a huge flood in a city. And there's this man on top of a house. And, you know, this boat comes by and says, hey, do you, would you like to, hey, come, come on the boat. Come here. We'll help you out. It's like, no, don't worry. God's going to take care of me. Then another boat comes by and says the same thing. And then a helicopter is up above and says, hey, we'll lift you up to save you. No, God is going to take care of me. I don't need you to help me. I'm trusting in God. And then the person drowns and he ends up in heaven. 
And he's asked God, he says, God, why did you save me from that flood? He goes, well, I sent you the guy, uh, those two people on the boat and the person in the helicopter. And God works through people to serve. And you voted. However may be, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. Because as you notice, I made the, as you can tell, I'm not, I will tell you that in this year there is no clear answer. But you do have a duty to do something. If your choice is to not vote, there's got to be a good reason. And remember, your choice to not go also means you're choosing not to vote for any other candidate or any other issue. That includes things like judges or senator or representatives. You have to truly convince yourself that that was for the best of your neighbor. Whatever is done, do it for the best of your neighbor. And keep, and in that time, in those moments, may you be grounded in the hope, in the promise of God's kingdom, which has no end. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith and to life everlasting. Amen. We continue by singing the last four verses of For All the Saints. continue with the litany, which is, if you're wondering, some of the portions of our service are taken from the commendation of the dying service. As we do go into this, there's going to be a couple petitions that are not going to be in the, that are not written in there. And, and you'll notice there is a point where it says, especially, that's when I'm going to name all those who have passed in the last year. O Lord, O Christ, O Lord, God the Father in heaven, God the Son, Redeemer of the world, 
God the Holy Spirit, be gracious to us. Be gracious to us. From all sin, from all evil, from all suffering. By your incarnation, by your cross and suffering, by your death and burial. By your resurrection and ascension, by the coming of your Holy Spirit. We poor sinners implore you. For the example of St. Andrew, St. Thomas, St. Stephen, St. John, St. Peter, St. Timothy, St. Paul, St. Titus, St. Matthias, Mary the Mother of the Lord, St. Joseph, St. Mark, St. Philip, St. James, St. Barnabas, St. John the Baptist, St. Mary Magdalene, St. James the Elder, St. Bartholomew, St. Matthew, St. Luke, St. James of Jerusalem, brother of Jesus, St. Simon and St. Jude, for St. Michael and all angels and archangels, we give thanks unto thee, O Lord, for the faithful who have gone before us and are with Christ, especially those who have passed away in the last year. Leslie Conser. LaVon Dirks, Keith Vickery, Wallace Osterman, Ronald Witt, Lois Donenworth, Wayne Schroeder, Alice Broxius, Lola Lundstra, Donna Tiedemann, Sharon Pedersen, Kenneth Dewis, Howard Wemus, Larry Moninga, Ken Grimes, Ivan Jim Norman, Reverend Harlan Lamar. For these, let us give thanks to the Lord. Alleluia. In remembrance of the holy innocents who were killed by the wrath of Herod, in remembrance of all children who have died, especially those who have died in the womb, for those who have had miscarriages, for those whose children have been aborted, and for all who, who have lost their children in the womb or out of the womb, Lord, in your mercy, rejoicing in the fellowship of the saints, let us commend ourselves, one another, and our whole life to Christ our Lord, that you deliver we, your servants, from all evil and eternal death, That you forgive all our sins. That you give us refreshment and everlasting blessing. That you give us joy and gladness in heaven with your saints. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. O Lord, O Christ, O Lord. As a quick note for the offering, we're just going to, because we don't have a lot of people today and just to keep the service shorter, um, we'll just collect, you could just leave it in a basket as you leave. So. The Lord be with you. 
Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, and the communion of all your saints gathered into the one body of your Son. You've surrounded us with so great a cloud of witnesses that we, encouraged by their faith and strengthened by their fellowship, may run with perseverance the race that is set before us and together with them receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. We continue with 621. in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, 
which is shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. As often as you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. We sing the first verse of 708. Welcome to the Lord's table. Take and eat the true body of Christ given for you. The 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 body of Christ given for you. This true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith and the life everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Your sins are forgiven. Amen. <laughs> Welcome to the Lord's table. Take and eat the true body of Christ given for you. The 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 body of Christ given for you.
Let this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith and the life everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Your sins are forgiven. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming, we may together with all your saints celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. 
The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. You may be seated. I actually would only have two announcements. One is a reminder is this weekend is the clock times changed. So um, so don't if you want, you could be here early, but just giving you a warning, you might find the church a little empty. So suppose it's better if the mess up this one than the one in the spring. But and then the other thing is, is on the 19th, in the, the weekend of the 19th and the 20th. Uh, services will only be at St. Peter on just on that Saturday night. So there will be no Sunday morning services. So it'll be a combined service. So just so you have that on your calendar and in your mind. With that, we continue with the closing hymn 672. Spirit 